Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Folks, and welcome to season two, episode 10 of the Grave Consequences podcast. Caleb Baldwin, you can follow me at I am Caleb B. Follow Greg at X Maserati. Uh, follow the show at GC underscore cast. Of course, check out everything here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You can find the Social Suplex Podcast Network wherever you download your favorite podcast. You know, rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts. We love that five stars, man. We love it. Check out our solo feed, of course. You know, you may be listening to it right now. Um, <laughs> sorry, my cat is being ridiculous right now. Um, <laughs> Greg, how are you doing on tonight, Wednesday, August 18, 2021? Well, my migraine's gone from when we started recording earlier, so that's I'm blessed in that case, and I mean yeah. that. Like, I'm so glad it's gone. <laughs> That's great to hear, man. But hey, you know, your migraine's gone, but something came back in this episode of Lucha Underground, which title is El Jefe. By the way, El Jefe is back. But oh. besides El Jefe, the first thing we see, and my God, it was refreshing. You know, it's one of those, it's the opposite of you don't know what you got till it's gone. It's more like you don't know what you love until it comes back to you. And... We see the bandstand and Chingon playing us into the building. I loved that, man. That was so refreshing. They're definitely, and it's very nice how there's, uh, like in the in the Batman movies, they always say that Gotham is a character. The world yeah. is a character. The temple mm-hmm. very much is a character. And it was a different character when Katrina was in charge. And you could tell. And now yeah. that El Jefe's back, it's going back to the original character that we know and love. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it's just... It adds to the show, whereas some wrestling shows, the ring is just a ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, you know, this may be, you know, this is an aside. This may be controversial. I personally love when people put advertisements on rings, man. I think it's stupid not to because it's one, it's money. It makes it look like a legitimate sport. 
because yep. you know that's what legitimate sports do they make money mm-hmm. uh and they may not do it in lucha underground because too much because you know it's supposed to be like a temple but i think other yeah. shows should I, I think there's just money left on the table by not well doing like it. Uh, WWE did it with the cruiserweights and the cruiserweight classic. They had tap out on the um, on the uh, mat. Pardon me. I thought that was really cool. Personally, I think you know, like you had said, that is money. Why doesn't WWE do that? I mean, I know they do that with advertisements, you know, throughout commercials on the show and everything. But like, it's one more advertisement. Like Dana White completely hoard out the UFC at one point in time when like you know, ring, you know, round cards were sponsored and and uh, clocks on the screen were sponsored. Everything was sponsored, man. I mean, it's it's an advertisement you don't need to cut away for. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, you know, I, you watch New Japan and there's sponsors everywhere. I, I think when you're, if you're Brock a... Lesnar's uh, ass is sponsored. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, J- uh, Jimmy John's, right? Yes, sir. Um. It, it I would think, and this is a, I'm not a business. I don't own a business, so this is some. This is coming straight out of my ass. I'm not a genius. I don't know something other promoters don't know. But you always hear about how, like you know, independence. It's it's a struggle with money. Mm-hmm. I think that's a way you can get money, and I yeah. I think it's probably something the independents should probably try doing. It's like if you're well, struggling to keep the doors, you know, or the lights on. GC, advertise. GCW has kind of taken that, you know started doing that because they're actually sponsored by pbr there you go yeah i mean i of course wrestling fans would like pbr well i I worked for i had a job where i I was a telemarketer when in my early 20s like my first job and the bank i worked for you know how they got a lot of their credit card offers is they would go to nascar very (laughs) big on nascar and they'd have applications and they would just advertise like you know, they would just have people there and they would just, you know, have a bunch of flyers and they would get a bunch of NASCAR fans because they wanted the NASCAR, uh, you know, pictures on their credit cards. It's um, it, it, sports are a great place to advertise. Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people sell merch, right? It's the yeah. same fucking thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But hey, Dario Cueto is in, in the ring. And he says, next week we're starting an all-new Trios tournament. So that's that's exciting. Pentagon comes out and interrupts Dario Cueto when the mention of a number one contender is brought up. And Dario says, like, hey, you know, because Pentagon says, hey, the only reason that your brother, your hermano, Panza, is the champion is because I wasn't in Aztec Warfare. And Dario shoots off at the mouth. To the to the wrong guy, and he says like, "Hey, maybe you weren't in Aztec Warfare because you're not championship material." And Pentagon hears that, receives it, registers it, grabs Dario by the throat, says, "Hey, I want your brother, and I want him for the title." Dario says, "No." So Pentagon then gets the smaller and weaker proprietor of Lucha Underground, Dario Cueto, in position to potentially break his arm. And Pentagon says, hey, am I going to get a title match? Or am I going to break your arm? And Dario says, no, no, until, like, Pentagon really starts to wrench back a little. Like, like he's about to, you know, pull the trigger. And Dario says, see, see, you'll get your title match. You'll get my brother. 
So we've got a world title match tonight, and all it took was some coercion. Some assault, you know, yes. threat threatening. Uh, hey, it's an underground it's an underground fighting temple. That sort of thing's not off the table. You know what? You corrected me and you're right. This is how I learn. <laughs> you're a, you're a better man for it. I know. Uh, our first match in the Dario the second run of the Dario Cueto regime is the crew of Mr. Cisco and Cortez Castro against Taya and Johnny Mundo. And the story here was Johnny Mundo not uh, not tagging in until Taya gets the advantage over the crew, which, you know, just kind of further, you know, we talked about it last week or last episode. We talked about Johnny Mundo and Taya having like a Joker and Harley relationship. I feel like this further kind of illustrates that, you know. And I'll be frank, I didn't like it here. It you're yeah. right, it does. It, and and if that's and they're definitely going for that. But it's the fucking crew. Yeah. Like why <laughs> is Johnny afraid of them? Like they're they're bums. Yeah. Right? Well, it's one of those because Johnny hasn't really had anyone to take the heat for him until now. So it's like you know, so it's like maybe maybe but he's he, like, Well, I can, so I should. Well, he also had a feud with them, yeah. and him and Puma won against yeah. them and uh, uh, Big Rick. Well, I'm just saying that uh, maybe Johnny is getting uh, perrozoso, as the Spanish-speaking contingent would say, lazy. I can see that. It, it's I still didn't. It was hard for me to to reconcile in my head. It did I got it? It was for heat, but it was just kind of like, all right, well, Johnny can stomp these guys, so I don't really yeah. get it. So Taya is having to fight this match basically on her own and doing her best. And uh, Johnny's in the ring. When all of a sudden we hear the familiar voice of Brian Cage saying, I'm a machine. And Brian Cage stalks down the ring, down the steps to the ring, stalks Johnny out of the ring to watch Taya get beaten by the crew. And so the crew gets the win. They get the uh, winner's purse. Thanks in huge portion to to the machine, in my opinion. And I, I just I still don't really care for this match. I didn't like that. That works out. But it's, you know, I, I just wouldn't feed Taya to the crew. That's uh, it was a two on one situation, so I don't mind it. It was, but they still suck. Yeah, they're not there. <laughs> That's like losing to J&J security. Look, maybe Ricky Reyes is a great wrestler outside of Lucha Underground. Maybe Lil Cholo is great outside of Lucha Underground. But I'm not impressed by what I've seen in the show. Yeah, and I'm speaking purely in kayfabe. I'm not even talking to yeah. them about them as wrestlers yeah. in general. I'm saying like purely in, in kayfabe, you know, they're they're less than J&J security. They're like, uh, w- w- who were the... Uh, the guys with Ginger Mahal? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Singh brothers. The Singh brothers. Yeah, they're they're like maybe a little bit. But see, they, they lost their third guy that they needed. They, they've, you know, and they've been barely muscle for Chavo. Like, and if and when they're with Chavo, Chavo was the better of the yeah. two. Right. Yeah. And this is Chavo we're talking about. Yeah. Like, I'm just like I'm power setting. Like I'm talking about, you know, who's the strongest Super Saiyan? Like I'm, you know, Chavo was better than than the both members of the crew. So mm-hmm. and Johnny Mundo wouldn't be scared of Chavo. 
it for, and I'm I'm definitely nitpicking. I understand that. It's just this this match didn't. I feel like it it didn't hurt her ultimately, but it was just kind of like I don't know. I just wouldn't have done it. Well, I get it, but the story here wasn't like, hey, Taya can't beat the crew. It was Johnny Mundo is scared shitless of of Cage. And you're right. It, it, that was a good portion of it. I I just feel like it could have been done a better way. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. After that, we uh, we cut because they're game. heels. They're they're heels. They that well, they're kind of in a weird spot right now because if you remember the last time we saw them, they walked out on Chavo, which is kind of a babyface thing to do because Chavo sucks, as we know. But but why did they walk out on Chavo? Uh, because they kept getting beaten up for him, and they were they were clear like they knew at this point. Like, oh hey, we're patsies. How about we just don't do that anymore? <laughs> Because they didn't want to get beat up. I mean, I I think, you know what? It would have been like let's say let's let's take the crew out of it. Let's say it's Aerosar and Drago. Okay. Right. How much that? How much more sense would that make? Yeah, I suppose you're right. I suppose that's that's right. all I'm saying is it, it just the crew was the wrong opponents. I think, and they I think they killed her with a shatter machine. Am I right? I believe I believe so. Yes. Which I do like. I, I, I just, oh yeah, the shatter machine's awesome. It's a great move. I love it. Um, I also like the FTR move where they have him in the leg lock and then the other guy jumps down and stomps the leg. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. I love that move. Brutal! Brutal! To quote uh, Hugo Savinovich. Um, But hey, after that we see a vignette and uh, we see pictures of butterflies and we're like, oh no, this is a Marty the Moth thing. And Marty is looking at a book and Marty, once again, dressed like a yuppie. And he's telling us the story of the Moth Tribe, and he mentions that the Moth Tribe was always drawn to wealth. Like, their namesake was drawn to the flame. So it's like, okay, like, he's old money then. Yep, they, they, now he, they've added to his gimmick, so you kind of exp- understand why he's in the temple now. It, it, and they could have done, and we've talked about this before, they could do a better job explaining the tribes. They, they really could have done more world building, because it really... They kind of needed it. Uh, Now you understand, well, you might not, but uh, the tribes are very important. And Marty's just not a crazy fan. He's actually a part of a tribe. Yes. Yeah, he's claiming to be Aztec. Like, he is a part of a tribe. And and I think there's a little bit of heat there. Like, he might not actually be Aztec. They just might have money. Uh, Yeah. But the best part about this segment, not only do they add to his character and explain the money thing, they introduce Mariposa, but... They have her beat up these bodyguards in lucha masks. Yep. Which is an aesthetic I like because it reminds me if you've ever seen Italian Spider-Man. I have not. Okay, Google that when you get a chance. Or Danger 5. Um, imagine a like 70s kind of like a hokey kind of detective show in the, during the day. Like, you know how uh, like maybe even Starchki and Hutch, like how yeah. they would be wacky and over the top. That's what this reminded me of. I love that aesthetic, and it's almost comical. But Danger Five or uh, Italian Spider Man, this is what that reminded me of. I, I just like the idea of uh, wrestling kind of being in a real, in another genre. Yeah, it's like a mixing of genres that I I, I really think is cool. But that's more of a uh, subjective opinion, I think. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But uh, you know. They tell this serves to tell us the story of the Mariposa and the Mariposa was always like the fixer of the tribe, which 
not to be chauvinistic, but it, it does kind of crack me up that like the fixer of the tribe has always been a woman. Um, and the mask, the, the Mariposa mask has been passed on from generation to generation. And the current woman under the Mariposa mask, as, as Marty tells anyway, which he could be an unreliable narrator, but who knows? Uh, actually, I know, and I'll tell you why later. Um, but he tells us that the current iteration of the Mariposa is the most powerful so far. And the reason I say he's possibly an unreliable narrator is because the book he's looking at is empty. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's fantastic. There's no at all in, in that book. See, Marty's a great character. And, and even beyond the, 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 the rant I went on that you had, you just, you were just like, sure, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bury it or anything. No, it's cool. I was definitely going on a very specific personal rant uh, about some minor aesthetic I like. But uh, to your point, they're definitely building her up to be like a a Japanese ninja, Kunoichi, a female assassin. Um, And they do a good job of building her up to make her deadly. And the female wrestler they have portraying her is one that was known for having a very mean streak. She was very popular. Uh, mm-hmm. Cheerleader Melissa. She was in TNA, and she's really good. Well, that's funny. Her TNA run was as Raisha Saeed, like the interpreter for Awesome Kong, and she didn't wrestle a lot in TNA for some reason, which is funny because she's wild, like regarded as very, very good. She, I think she actually wrestled as another one, too. That possibly, yes, possibly. Uh, around um, the same time Daphne was there. That sounds right. That sounds right. After that vignette, we see Katrina showing up in Dario Cueto's office, and uh, he calls her a ghost, which it's like, oh, like, Dario, like, knows, like, he's dealing with the supernatural right now. And Dario explains, like, hey, you know, thank you for taking care of the temple, but, like, I own it. I always did. I always have. So I'm in charge again. And it, it, it's at this point I realized, like, oh, Katrina was basically just a squatter. They could have explained this more, like, if the winner who has the title is in charge or whatever. Yeah, yeah it is kind of like either explain it or stop bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, by the way, Katrina here, because Katrina's like, you know, you may not, your brother may not fear death, but I know you do. And, you know, at some point, death's going to come for your brother. And uh, Dario says, like, hey, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Mil Muertes, you know, maybe we could work together. And it's like, oh, ooh, Katrina, here's something familiar for you. You're on the opposite side here because Dario is doing to you what you were doing to King Cuerno earlier this season. Mm-hmm. You are being used right now, and she doesn't like it one bit, so it's like, Oh, she is a bitch, dude. She's not too happy with how things are turning out for her because she had they had everything. Yes, they had literally everything. Yeah, and uh, they had they had the trios titles for a little bit. Yeah, they had the main championship, and they had a Patsy controlling yeah. the the path to the champion, uh, uh-huh. or one of the paths. So yeah. she's kind of scram not scrambling, but she's trying to pick up the pieces. And oh, here's the thing, though further analysis she this this unraveling it was her own doing because like she's the one who gave jesse and the rippers their rematch you know with the stipulation of you know win or get fired 
it was basically her attempt to try to get them out of the temple and that backfired and and she backfired with the aztec warfare by making yeah. it for the title Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Exactly, yeah, because if it wasn't for the title, okay, maybe Mil Muertes doesn't win, but Dario Cueto doesn't have complete control of, you know, the belt again until you said, okay, this is for the title. Yeah, she she, she fabricated her own, or she created her own destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone else came in and swooped in that she didn't see coming. Yep. Uh, you know, she's kind of reeling. Yep. In a way. Yeah, but she was fighting a war on way too many fronts. Like she was trying to uh trying to accost Phoenix, trying to humiliate and kind of embarrass and hold back Pentagon and that backfired. And the you know, the trios, the now uh three or two time trios champions, Jesse and the Rippers, and that backfired. And that leads us to something Dario alluded to, our rematch for the trios championships. We've got Jesse and the Rippers, Eva Lease. Son of Havoc, Angelico versus the Disciples of Death, Trece, Barrio Negro, and I forget the third one's name for some reason. Did you say Sinestro? Uh, that's Sinestro de la Muerte. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's right. Uh, I wrote them down as purple, gold, and white, <laughs> just based on the skulls there. But uh, thankfully, their names were announced in during the match. Uh, by the way, this is an elimination match, and uh, Eva Lise is first eliminated. Um, not surprising, she is the weakest of the uh, Technicos, you know. And it's not just because she's a woman, but you know, she is smaller. She is pretty much always injured. Um, mm-hmm. This gets dominated. Yeah, she's made it. She's Mister Glass. <laughs> they called me. <laughs> oh man great stuff great stuff um <laughs> uh trace is eliminated when angelico hits the fall of the angels in the corner now we're even up two to two angelico oh by the way evilise's elimination came with the assistance of katrina who was ringside uh katrina doesn't have the stone for some reason i don't understand i thought she did oh no she did yeah yeah you're right she did she did Pardon me. She tried to. Uh, she did use it. We'll, we'll say it. We'll, we'll we will uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. I didn't. I thought we were there. My bad. Oh, you're good, bro. And Helico gets physically dominated and eliminated, and that means Son of Havoc is all alone, not for too long because he hits the uh, 
Warriors Way foot stomp, and Barrio Negro is eliminated. Uh, by the way, I call it the Warriors Way because think what you will of Loki, but when he hits that foot stomp, it's killer, dude. Yeah, that's fine. Loki's yeah. legitimate. Yeah. He may be an asshole, but he's a very good, very good fighter. Very good wrestler, pardon me. Um, <laughs> Katrina decides to lift the stone, but the returning, the formerly eliminated Ivalice comes to the ring and neutralizes Katrina. Matt Stryker at this point yells, fly, you bearded bastard. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, big boy Matt Cross, son of Havoc, hits the shooting star press. And Jesse and the Rippers retain the Lucha Underground Trios Championship just before the Trios uh, tournament can start again. Dario is in his office and Rey Mysterio is with him. And Rey Mysterio says, like, hey, I'm here for Dragon Azteca. And Dario says, like, oh, yeah, it was great to see him return. And Rey's like, no, not him. His mentor. My mentor. And Dario's like, you care about this storyline? No one else does. And Ray's like, hey, I know his mentor came here to the temple and he didn't come out. And I know you're connected to it somehow. And Dario says, like, hey, like, I had nothing to do with or, or he, he blames Matanza. He's like, I'm pretty sure Matanza killed Dario or killed Dragon Azteca. It's like, well, that's reasonable. He comes out in a jumpsuit with blood on it. So I understand where you get that from. Mm. Um and Dario decides to just full on gaslight because, like, you know, like, while he's technically not lying, it's like you saw it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and Dario says, like, hey, you know, I, I would love to have you and Dragon Azteca Jr. here in the temple, but we got to put the past in the past. And Dario offers a drink. I, I'm going to assume tequila. I hope that doesn't make me racist, but I'm assuming tequila. And they drink two Al Dragon Azteca. And Rey Mysterio takes the drink kind of begrudgingly. Yeah, I, he probably doesn't care for the storyline either. Well, it's it's one of those I think Ray is just kind of like, oh, I will, I'll go along to get along. But it's like I don't think Ray has put Dario or Matanza out of his mind. No, uh, and he shouldn't because Matanza's going to murder everybody. And, and I mean, not only that, but Dario is a wrestling promoter, so. By nature, he's also a liar. True. Very true. (laughs) Our next match was Sexy Star with the Mac versus the Mariposa. And a lot of this match was sexy, basically evading, you know, trying to get away from Mariposa, getting in strikes when she can. Oh, by the way, was the Mac wearing a Ribera Steakhouse jacket? I didn't notice. I Here's the thing. That's what it looked like, you know, because, the you know, Back when you could still travel internationally, wrestlers would always go to Ribera Steakhouse and get a jacket and everything. And those jackets look really cool. Google that if you can. Um, yeah, at some point. But uh, it looked like he was wearing a Ribera Steakhouse jacket. And it's like, are you showing off? Hmm. But the story here was not the Mac wearing a Ribera Steakhouse jacket. The story here was Mariposa basically dominating the scared and scarred sexy star. It is it, it's, it's a it's a this is a match for story. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I won't say anything bad about it, but I, I honestly don't get into it until a match or two later. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, they have a th- this feud culminates really well in my opinion. Yes. Uh, Usually when a wrestler is scared of another wrestler, it's done for comedy. Yeah. And it's kind of hard for me to not It's it's hard for me to take those kind of stories seriously sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it is kind of like uh and they're alluding that there was some kind of psychological maybe physical torture. Yeah, uh, but they don't give too many details. So what do you what happened? Uh, this is a I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to nitpick too much, but this is one of those things where um, they went as far as wrestling normally does, but maybe it needed some more detail. Yeah. And I also can't help but think about how disappointing of, a, of is it for the people in the live. Like, you know how they have matches that are for story and they're necessary. Yeah. Uh but when you're live, sometimes those kind of matches can be duds to you, even though you understand it's for story. Yeah. You know, I, just, I don't know. That's me. I can't help but think about how, if you're, especially if you're a sexy star fan. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Sorry, I just got sent a, a solid Photoshop from one of my friends. Um, Mariposa gets the win with, I, I made a mistake. And that I wrote down the joke name that I gave it because it's something butterfly with something. Oh, uh, bullet with butterfly wings, smashing pumpkins. That's what I wrote down. Bullet with butterfly wings. I know that's not what Striker said. That's what I wrote down. He said butterfly with broken wings. There we go. There we go. But yeah, despite all of Mariposa's rage, she's still just a moth in a cage. There you go. I like how we both immediately went to smashing pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> We're like women syncing up. Um, your main event of the evening. The Lucha Underground Championship is on the line when Matanza faces Pentagon Jr. And I knew, like, oh, God, this is that match. I remembered when I saw the runtime on Tubi was six, point, uh, six minutes and 33 seconds left in the show. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> this is very you know, much a story episode. Yeah, normally, you know, title fights like this, they're going to get like 10, 15. No, this was six minutes like when Matanza came out. Yeah, and, and they're going for... I, I, actually, I'll let you continue. I don't want to steal your thunder or where you're oh, going. You're good, you're good, bro. But, uh, you know, we're still... We're early on into the Matanza story here. Matanza it can't be taken off his feet by Pentagon. Everything Pentagon's doing is just nothing. And eventually Matanza is like, okay, my turn and just starts killing Pentagon Jr. And at one point Pentagon's back is just gone. Like Pentagon's even like beckoning the ref, like my back, my back. And Vampiro points it out. He does. I still think they could have done like, I think he should have done like a big backbreaker. Like the one that uh, Stu Grayson does. Yeah. I, I, because I don't think it was, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't think it was emphasized enough because, you know, they just start saying like, oh, his back's hurt. It's back's hurt. It's like, all right. Like, like we were talking about the previous episode, FTRs, uh, the, the, the one where the, where, uh, 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 Dax has someone in that grapevine leg lock and yeah. then cash will jump from the top and stomp the leg. It's mm-hmm. obvious that's breaking an ACL or something, right? Yeah. Uh, besides throwing Pentagon through a few tables and the wall, what was the move that hurt his back? 
<sighs> well, I don't know. I figured it was just kind of like the joint manipulation, you know? But what move did he do that was manipulating his back? See, that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm not attacking you with that. I'm just saying, like, that's the problem. It should be even uh, – it should be obvious what hurt it. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. There should have been, like, a uh, like a Dark Knight Rises moment where – Hogan like a- versus Brock Lesnar. Remember Brock Lesnar having that bear hug? Oh, my God. Yeah, he just passed him out in the bear hug on that episode of SmackDown. It has to be – pretty blatant like people get on cody for having certain types of matches but cody's very good at telling a story with limbs yeah. and stuff like that and uh even I'm trying to think of a good another recent example uh of something uh, let's say ivalice with her leg like i mean uh well now i'm sorry that's a bad example because we don't you, you'd have to be watching very carefully to see what twisted her ankle but uh, it's just to, to me, it, it just seems like out of the blue, he's like, oh, no, his back's hurt. And it's like, from what? Like, what, what did you like? OK, it's it, this is kind of for for real life in like, let's say you're watching an MMA fight. You know, that makes sense. Like you can't always see like sometimes that's why they have to replay certain punches. You're like that punch knocked them out. Like real life is different than wrestling. You're telling mm-hmm. you, you get the you know, you, you know, in advance how it's going to happen. You can plan the the, the 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 moves. So make it. You're, you're telling like it's, it's like a drama it's like a play like emphasize like show me they could have done something to actually hurt pentagon's back that where he would have been safe to, to, for yeah. to be clear but they could have had him do a spot where let's talk like old like uh the kind of wrestling that josh will go back every once in a while watch like old <laughs> memphis wrestling oh he did a pile driver now he's coming out with a neck brace you know what i mean like yeah that kind of shit and they didn't even do that it just seemed to me like it was just bad i get you i get you I understand. Um, <laughs> it made Pentagon look weak. Yeah, it kind of did. Pentagon, his back's gone. He hates the wrath of the gods. Matanza pins him. Matanza is still the Lucha Underground champion. After the match, Pentagon clearly hurt. Vampiro's checking on him. Vampiro uh, is like trying to back down Matanza, but it's like you're not going to back down Matanza. No. And Matanza even kicks Vampiro for, for trying to back him down. And Matanza then tosses Pentagon Jr. out of the ring and power bombs him through the announce table. Dario is pleased. Matanza and Dario walk off. Pentagon is lifted onto a gurney and he is taken out of the temple. And that is why season two, episode 10 of the Grave Consequences podcast will be called. The death of Pentagon Jr. Yeah, I, I feel like you could have had the same outcome, but like like I just <clears throat> like I just got done uh, done ranting about it. Just the emphasis and like you said, six minutes. I mean, you could have just done like a backbreaker or a fallaway slammer. I mean, there's so many wrestling moves where you could have been like you could have told a story like, oh, because he yeah. did this move, it broke his back. Even like a Uranagi would do just fine. Uh, a fucking what's Lex Luthor's torture rack? Torture rack, Argentine backbreaker. Yeah, uh, you know the Stu Grayson backbreaker. Yeah, uh, Tiger. Uh, what's it? The uh, the Jericho used to do the uh, double underhook into a, a backbreaker. There's so many things you can do, and mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Matanza just did the you know slams and power bombs and stuff. And which in real life, yes, could hurt your back. I remember 
<clears throat> in high school, someone power bombed someone in wrestling class, and the kid went to the hospital because he couldn't breathe because it knocked the wind out of his out of his lungs. Mm. But this isn't real life. You have to like kind of spoon feed us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, man. You're right. So this was a story episode. So with that, what would you rate this episode of Lucha Underground? What would you grade this? Well, I had a higher grade originally, but now I'm upset thinking oh. about it. So I'm going to give it a oh. D. Oh, my God. Yep. Wow. So yeah, I, like I didn't care for it. I didn't understand the, the psychology between the like I already ranted about Taya and Mundo versus the crew. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for the Pentagon match. Yeah. So this is like one of the worst episodes you've ever seen so far. And I'm not going to go that harsh. I'm going to give this a C plus uh, just based on potential, you know, of where the story can go. And maybe that's unfair especially since I've already seen the show, but I don't know. I just, I don't think it, it earned a D. I mean, I can justify it yeah. because it's, I wouldn't rewatch it. I'm not going you know, well, to your grade. Like, well, I wouldn't rewatch it cause it's not a good episode. Frankly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it is st- important for the story, but I wouldn't want someone to know this part of the story. I would actually advise them to skip it because I'd be like, you're going to be disappointed. If they're a new fan, I'd be like, catch up, watch up to this. Just realize. And I would just tell them like Pentagon gets injured in the next episode so you could skip it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it, it doesn't yeah. pay. It doesn't pay off anything. Uh, what's it set up? It didn't really set up much with besides extending the cage feud with Taya and Mundo. Oh, this episode. Yes. Yeah. That's that's my point is like it doesn't well, no, have much payoff. OK, look, and without going into spoilers, this is going to set up something for someone. <laughs> what well, you know, with be, being as vague as I can without spoiling too much. But like. Pentagon just got stretchered out of here like. It could be a while before we see him again, just to reference the last time the last guy who got stretchered out was uh was Blue Damon Jr. in the second episode of the first season, and we didn't see him for like 20 more weeks. So it could be sometime in the Pentagon Jr. And it's not going to be 20 weeks because this season is shorter than the first one, but it could be a while until we see him again. Yeah, I just, uh, overall, it's not something I would show a new fan. Yeah. Uh, Returning fans, I would, would, would skip it because I don't, you know, you, you know the story, so you don't really need to see it. Yeah. Um, like, who cares about the 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 uh, the Three Stooges versus Jesse and the Rippers? It's already been done. <laughs> who cares? Um, I mean, the only parts I really liked were Marty's vignette with Mary Posa, and that's kind of it. Yeah. So that was the show. Join us next week when we review Season 2, Episode 11 of Lucha Underground. The title of that episode is Bird of War, so it could be a Phoenix-driven episode. But hey, thank you for listening, and uh, don't come into a a ring with Matanza if you've got a bad back, because if you do, you could suffer. Stretcher. Consequences.